1: Pod SAVE THE QUEEN Hello
0: and welcome back to Pod SAVE THE QUEEN I'm your host Anne Gripper I am joined by my good friend and colleague Daily Mirror Royal Editor Russell Myers and about his 18th cup of tea of the day I think, hello (laughs) Russell, nice to see you
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely reaching ridiculous levels trying to get me through the day
0: Well, you know, when you're stuck in at home the kettle's just there all the time it's just too tempting, isn't it? (laughs) I think what have you had more of today? Um, drinking cups of tea or watching Sarah Ferguson's amazing Instagram video about her um her new Mills and Boone book that's coming out in the summer.
1: I mean, my tea obsession is out of control, but my Fergie obsession is reaching ridiculous heights. I may have watched this video um a few hundred times and it is no <laughs> less extraordinary than the first time I watched it this morning. I mean Lord above, it is giving me life today, I love it
0: So we obviously, if it's giving Russell this much joy we should definitely share it with you all as well listeners in case you haven't heard it yet, so Dan, do the magic Her heart for a compass Follow your heart but do you dare I'm going to take you back with the wonderful Nails of Collins, HarperCollins 1870 to Lady Mock. Lady Margaret, she loves to ride side saddle. She's strong, she's rebellious, she's courageous. We are going to publish in August 2021, and I'm so excited! So pre-order now, and come with me on this extraordinary journey. I,
1: I, and an extraordinary excited. journey! <laughs> I mean, is she excited? I'm not sure. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to read into it.
0: I think we should tell our listeners though that for the full effect, they do have to see the actual video where she appears to be dressed up as some kind of like Anne Boleyn
1: type. Wow, it's extraordinary, somehow. and and for the benefit of uh, our production values, the the wind you can hear in the background is nothing to do with us. It's absolutely it's you know it's Fergie's cameraman or woman, whoever, wherever they were, they were definitely not using a proper mic. It's just extraordinary. The video. They were out in the
0: garden, out in the garden, in the fresh air, walking about. She was, I mean, every everyone loves to dress up in, you know, historical fancy dress. You know, Lucy Worsley is a historian in um, the Royal, historic royal palaces she loves to do you know all those tv documentaries she does she has great fun why wouldn't you want to get in the dressing up box and look like you're some she t- loves to ride from 200 years no she loves to ride side saddle <laughs> side and, saddle and, uh,
1: <laughs> side saddle. yeah don't forget the pools yeah Good God. So I mean so nearly
0: spat his cornflakes out this morning <laughs> and he yeah, tells me I
1: wasn't there um, we are <laughs> we are um, in very, very bizarre times when, but listen, we're all talking about it, aren't we? It's get, it got in every nearly every national newspaper today. It's everywhere. People are talking about it all over social media. And uh, she is nothing but wonderful at self-promotion, is Fergie, so uh, good luck to her. I mean, this, bit of context, if you haven't even heard this and you just think we've just all lost our minds, which we, which we have, but um, Fergie is releasing her debut novel, novel with uh with the uh, publishers mills and boone who are uh, and we were talking about this yesterday what sort of words would you use to describe the publishers or their or their content
0: so i consider them to be that sort of really frothy romance that's kind of you know chuck away not it's not chiclet it's it's just um like bosom heaving course you know it's just quite old-fashioned mr it's darcy not, yeah it's quite um <laughs> i don't know in I guess innocently trashy is how I think of it. A bit Dame Barbara Cartland's a bit more sort of... Yes. Because you were being, like, you know, saucy and raunchy and rumpy and I like, Salacious. Oh no, I, think <laughs> I think it's a bit more tweed than that. I think no, it is. It
1: is. I was getting carried away, as usual. I was, I was trying romance, to really sex Russell. it up. Yeah, yeah. I was try, trying to interject the filth and the smut into the proceedings, which, uh, you know, I've, I've let the side down, so I do apologise. However... No. This is a book uh, that... <laughs> I mean it's based it's based upon her ancestors someone who is her great great aunt and then um but she basically admits that she couldn't find anything out about this woman so she has just let her imagination run wild and if it's anything like the promotional video that she's uh, done for it i mean it's going to be an absolute corker
0: so it's it's co-written so it's not all it's not all Fergie, it's called Her Heart for a Compass. I mean, you know, if everybody Her does heart
1: get... for a compass. <laughs> wow.
0: Um, if everybody does get to go away on the Sun Lounger holidays in the summer, I would imagine that it would be perfect holiday reading. But I think it is interesting. You know, Fergie's been she's one of those royals who is very active. On social media, she tries. She tries really hard on there. She's been doing all sorts with her story time with Fergie in the afternoons and some activity sessions on YouTube. And goodness knows what what's been going on on there. But. You do always have a slight sense that she has been transported from a couple of centuries ago, and that that actually is her natural attire and get up wandering around the garden. Probably. Yes. I
1: mean, probably. i give her her due. She has not stopped with the uh, story time with Fergie. I mean, she's barely had a day off. I think she even did it on Christmas Day. So, fair enough. She has absolutely been working really, really hard on that. And it, and it is... It hasn't got loads of... Um, you know, it hasn't got viral or anything, but it's, it's a real dedication. And I think we should take our hat off to her for that because it's something that people have got involved in, in lockdown and it's probably helped an awful lot of families to get involved with.
0: And we've seen her and various members of her family doing bits and pieces of sort of volunteering and packing things up and and delivering stuff as well. But um, we will we will end up talking about Harry and Meghan a bit more later in the show. And we've also got lots of other things to catch up on as well. A bit of Queen, Queen and Prince Philip and Prince Charles's big um, big announcement. But I think watching um, watching Sarah Ferguson doing her sort of you know her her.
1: What? Full Mills what's, and Boone. What's right? the what well, the, twi- the the sort of raising of the skirt and the sort oh, of the, the swishing or oh, the swishing the swishing the that's swishing it. yeah just
0: almost like she was she didn't have a whip to hand so she yes. used the skirt <laughs> to swish it to and fro.
1: I'm just looking at some of the uh, the pre the recent titles from Mills and Boon. If you're not familiar, listeners, uh, Dangerous liaisons, Latin lovers, and a royal secret. So uh, she's in good company. A royal secret, we should look
0: that one up. We should look for that one up. Cumple. But
1: I mean, well wow. <laughs> we can't get um, over it.
0: What I was going to say though, Russell, was I know obviously Sarah Ferguson left the royal family through divorce and is, you know, she but she remains the Duchess of York. Um mm-hmm. But, the you know, the royal family, I guess, has no call on her time and what she can and can't do. But there was that period after the divorce, you know, kind of what the um, commercial deals she was striking and all of that kind of thing. And it just kind of made me think about the Harry and Meghan situation and is anything, you know, they, they've gone sort of mega business really, whereas hers was kind of much more, I don't know, I don't want to say pound land, that's unfair. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, no, no, definitely different
1: strata. No, Fergie's not in the same league. I mean, Fergie was uh, considered always a bit of an um, maybe sort of a joke character. Maybe you know, brought huge embarrassment into onto the family, didn't she? She was caught having her toes sucked by her Texan millionaire lover. Um, what, what after? You know, just months after she'd separated from Andrew in 1992. So. I mean, let's see her fall from grace was absolutely spectacular. And the, and this, and there are levels here, and Harry and Meghan are in a different universe. I mean, they are just different, different league. And that's why they are signing big, big money deals. I mean, Fergie has had she's I mean, she's been in all sorts of scrapes with um debts and money and Flogging this, that, and the other. I mean, she's been doing. She's uh, and some have been very, very successful. I mean, Bungee the Helicopter has a, her children's box Her book has been a bestseller. She's done um, uh, some historical books, which have been accepted in that sort of uh, arena. I haven't been that that big successful. But she she was the face of White Watchers as well, which she she made a, a huge success of. But then, obviously, she was accepting money from Jeffrey Epstein and involved in uh, you know cash for access scandals. So she's 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 led a very um, interesting life post royals hasn't she
0: i don't think there'll be any toe sucking in the mills and boone i suspect
1: well i wouldn't be surprised to be honest because <laughs> she has said that she has lent um uh, on her own experiences for this novel and that uh you know that, that she couldn't find much about her ancestor as i said so instead her imagination took over before she in quotes she invented a story for her so wait and see I mean Lady oh. Margaret you never know what sort of harlot she may have been or, or or not
0: and maybe it's going to be story time with Russell reading reading Mills and Boone for the I listeners I mean this
1: yeah I'll, I'll do the audiobook I'll sign up for it so her heart for it. or a compass I've got it okay. locked down
0: I've, I don't think I've ever read a Mills and Boone book I should I maybe no. should, I should There's rectify this
1: there's thousands of them as well Year's resolution
0: reader mills and boom so anyway let's face it we have some time on our hands at home Mm -hmm. right question now from an instagram follower courtney fate lovers hello courtney thanks for sending this in what's happening with eugenie and jack's living situation double question mark they had a quote private arrangement to be at Frogmore cottage and then moved out after six weeks double question mark why would they move and would they ever go back the royal lodge must be getting a little crowded Monocle face, which is one of my favourite emojis. Monocle face, like it, like
1: it. So, um, what is going right. on? Where are we? I mean, I'm none the wiser. To be honest with you, I can't even give you any indication. I mean a couple of people I spoke to this week just said, "Listen, they were they spent some period of lockdown into the summer at Royal Lodge with Fergie and Andrew, and they just really, really liked it. I mean, Royal Lodge is quite big, and it's a very nice, uh, swanky abode, and then." I think they just, they Fergie loves being with the daughters and their spouses, and they all had quite a lot of fun. And Andrew's been bunkering down as well. We haven't seen him because of obvious reasons to do with his, his, uh, you know, scrapes with uh, the Jeffrey Epstein scandal that are ongoing. So he's been keeping a very low profile. So they all have had a jolly um, decent lockdown, if you can say that. So I think when they moved out, they did intend to intend to stay there for a period of time and um uh, Eugenie's about to pop she's you know she's probably only a few weeks from giving birth. We were told early twenty twenty one so when's that i mean you would imagine by march um so I think they've just moved in for a bit of ease actually and 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 when you're heavily pregnant you uh you probably need a bit of help moving around don't you so she's um she's they're back in back in with her parents. Jack's moved in with the in-laws and um she I feel Fergie said before she loves it, loves getting on with living with Jack. And so uh it's a, it seems to be very happy families.
0: We should probably mention the C-word as well, because practically, you know, in terms of the rules that exist, and obviously William and Kate in the Wessexes, we talked about last week, getting in a little bit of trouble for bumping into each other outside and having wandering around and having a walk, which was not allowed. Um, you know. Fergie and the Royal Lodge household are one household and if Eugenie and Jack had been at Frogmore Cottage they would have been another household and theoretically at this time they would not have been allowed to meet up indoors or even even outside like Eugenie could have gone for a walk with her mum two meters distance like that would have been it so there's a lot of um practical I mean I don't know what the rules are you know if if your daughter's having your first grandchild, I mean, you're not meant to go. Essentially, no,
1: you're that's, not. No, you're not. And, uh, and you're, you're you're not you're not allowed to even. They wouldn't be allowed to bubble up. I think the rules are, you can have a support bubble if you need. I mean, the rules change every the, the interpretation years. of the rules, don't they? Because of yeah, people breaking them or whatever. But if you have a child under one, then you can bubble up with another household, um, but that that will obviously things will change when the baby arrives hopefully safely and all as well then perhaps we will see them move into Frogmore and then they can bubble up with them because it's only around the corner so i think they've done it for ease i think it's a way um of being together throughout this lockdown and um and fair play to them to be honest because it's a it's a stressful period for everybody
0: so yeah, well, anyway, the, the, also, Fergie might need a bit of extra help with her Instagram if she's got a uh, if she's got her book that she's going to be plugging. So usually, is a bit of a dab hand at the social media. So maybe we should get her get her involved on that. Although, hopefully, she's also just got her feet up and drinking lots of decaf tea while she's uh, while she's waiting for baby.
1: Goodness. Yes, I mean I'm drinking decaf tea as well, but Brooks I can dispel the rumours. Yeah. I am not pregnant. <laughs> I've just bought a few pounds (laughs) for me. I'll dispense.
0: So we should also (laughs) wish a belated happy birthday to Kate, the Duchess of Cambridge, 39. She's got one more year of her 30s to enjoy. We think she had a little lockdown um, tea party with with the kids that william had put together which is very nice have you had a lockdown birthday yet russell i mean everyone must have had a lockdown birthday
1: nearly i once. haven't it's it might be my birthday later this month but i'm not, my I'm not going to it. I, <laughs> you could, you could,
0: you could tell me afterwards tell me afterwards because obviously uh we should we should mark it in a celebration celebratory fashion yeah might get cake. We, maybe we'll have tea.
1: a tea party on our, or, or our own that would be nice i not it we could
0: have a little tea party well,
1: we did have a tea party last time you bought me cake <laughs> For my for birthday. Your birthday, that was last January. We were in the studio. So definitely
0: your birthday, and not the hundredth episode, or was it a oh, joint celebration? Well, maybe, oh,
1: maybe. maybe I don't know. to have
0: to eating cake together. That oh, i nice. like, to normal people, together, bizarre,
1: like.
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> One day, one day. So that's happy birthday to Kate. Um, less happy probably is. You know, we obviously talked about the um the Cambridges' royal train tour that they embarked on in that little window of time, um before christmas yes. before everything all the shutters came down again and we'd said at the time there'd been a little bit of to and fro and people weren't necessarily convinced that this was necessary travel or essential travel whatever the uh, whatever the wording was to be and now there has been a freedom of information request um and some of the emails to and fro have been published i believe yes so we can-
1: well well i think this is very interesting and some people were debated be like they didn't think it was you know there was no there's no smoking gun i suppose but there's a, it, it is interesting because when they planned this it was to go a uh, 12 1250 mile journey around britain starting in london going up to uh, scotland doing sort of the northeast of uh, england throughout the uh, the northwest into wales and back to windsor uh, where we saw you know the magnificent seven and the queen all gathered um, on, on the very last day, now the Scottish government had brought in some really, really stringent rules before the tour took place, and there was a lot of chatter about whether this was actually going to go ahead. Now it was billed as though—I um, mean, Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister of Scotland—couldn't hide her disdain. I think at the at the very um, instance when she was questioned on it when they had been in Edinburgh, and to be fair to her. You can understand why, because she said that um, she had let the royal household know known about the restrictions that were in place, and people weren't able it was kind of it was like a lockdown in Scotland at the time. you weren't able to travel outside your borough, very very stringent rules, rising COVID rates and and then um, uh, William and Kate picked up on the Royal Train to a crowd of people at Edinburgh Station and I did think that was quite problematic at the time and regardless of what the Palace have said and they've doubled down on it yesterday saying, listen, it was all, it, everything was in agreement with the UK, Scottish and Welsh Government. We followed COVID protocol as I'm sure they did at all stages and where I was in Cardiff, you know, it was all very, very socially distanced. It was outside. Um, however, it's, uh, it's uh, these freedom of information emails have emerged and certainly um. It's since been described as highly irresponsible, lacking in empathy about sacrifices made by the general public, and uh, and certainly a couple of ministers were uh, were kind to put them off the idea or saying, listen, things are quite serious here at the moment. You, it may affect your plans, and um, and now we obviously know that it did go ahead, and um, you know you can't please all the people all the time, can you? And so I know the palace were very staunch in their view that they did follow all the protocols, but. There were certainly a few uh, rumblings of discontent and, and probably continue to be so.
0: Yes, but there is also good news coming. The Queen and Prince Philip have had their first vaccinations down at Windsor
1: Castle. They have indeed. Big news because up until. Um, last week, the the palace was still saying that this is a private matter that the uh, the queen would not uh, be making this sort of private medical information public, and they were very very stonk in um, in their in their views to to anyone who was asking. Now there were a couple of reports saying that the queen had had decided to make it public when she'd had the vaccine. Still, the palace was saying this was mere speculation. Yet um, on Saturday we were given a heads up just to say there's going to be a big announcement and uh and and this was it i mean it's it is a big deal because the queen is obviously sharing this private medical information as is prince philip and i think it sends a really really powerful message to the the country that the vaccine is safe uh, a massive message to the anti-vax movement to say that the you know the queen has had this vaccination and um and uh, and to get on board now and i had an exclusive story the next day which was that the, the Queen is not going to let it be known what her, when she has her second dose and the reason for this is is because obviously there's two um, vaccines out there there's the Pfizer biotech and the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine now the o- Oxford one had only just come into, um, into fruition it had only just been approved recently the first uh, people had it last week and then there was a lot of talk about whether the Queen had waited for the British one, which, you know, maybe she did. And the palace was saying they didn't want to get into it. And the reason she is not going to uh, discuss when she's had her second vaccine is to squash that speculation as to um, as to what vaccine she's had, because they don't want Mrs. Miggins from Birmingham going in and say, well, I want the one that the Queen had, because that would be very, very problematic indeed. So I think the message is a strong message of hope from the Queen you yeah, know, she's, she's putting her, um, her information out there and to say, get on board with the vaccination programme because this is our only way out of the crisis. And it is a bit of do your bit for the country.
0: Well, good on her, and um, it's interesting. Are you watching The Great at the moment, the Catherine the Great um, Channel 4 thing?
1: I'm not, no. Well, it's it. you
0: will you will enjoy it. It is very much good fun, but it also does say at the beginning that it's essentially sometimes based on facts, but mainly made up. Um, but one thing that is a true thing about Catherine the Great um, is that she was um, sort of helped promote vaccinations in Russia. Like, she got someone, I can't remember, the, I think it might have been a British doctor, someone who was like a... At the time, some eminent um, inventor of vaccines to come and vaccinate her and two of her children. At a time so the, when it would all have been very new.
1: Well, indeed. So, I mean, the, the, it stands to reason that the Queen probably wouldn't have changed tact from this. And I don't know why that the, the Palace were um, were presenting this because uh, you know that, that that it was a very very private matter, and that she wouldn't talk about it. Because back in 1957. Um, gone right back into the vaults for this one. But amidst widespread public anxiety about the, the side effects of the polio vaccine at the time, the Queen let it be known that Charles and Anne had been um, given the inoculation. Uh, and then they were only eight and six at the time. And I think that's even a you know, much bigger deal, letting your, let it be known that your children have been vaccinated. You're sharing their medical information when it's not necessarily their choice to do so. I mean, Charles has said, recently that he's going to have the vaccine he's you know joked that he was way down the list but he's certainly going to uh, be having it and um you know i think it's a it's a good thing we need to we need to have hope that we are going to get out of this mess don't we and this is yeah, really good I that think, the queen has done this
0: i do think it's a really good thing and I, I, I wonder whether it had always been the plan and they just didn't say it was the plan so that people weren't asking them every day has she had the vaccine yet has she had the vaccine yet has she had the vaccine yet or whether it was because Actually, seeing the way people are have responded to it, and the amount of sort of anti-vax and coronavirus isn't real. I don't need to wear a mask, and all of the sort of the the ho- COVID hoaxes, but trying to um, damp that back down as well. So, anyway, so that's interesting. But before we go on, me going like asking every day, every day um, about something, uh, I must encourage listeners if you haven't already to check out um, Diana. In her own words, which is it's currently on Netflix until the end of the week. It goes off on Friday, and then it's um, it, then it'll be on Disney Plus. But I interviewed the filmmaker who put it all together yesterday for a future episode, and we had a lovely chat. But if you only have Netflix and not Disney Plus, you might want to try and catch it this week before it goes off. So anyway,
1: that's I've that's watched few- it. It's very good. It's good, it's isn't very, it? Very, very good. Very, very good. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh... It's it sort of only came out really. It's sort of the fanfare of the crown. It didn't have a, a big advertise um, advertising budget, and then they sort of piggybacked on the on the fact that the crown was really popular. But I mean, I enjoyed it more than the crown. Actually, I thought it was fascinating.
0: It is, yeah, truly fascinating. So if you haven't checked it out and you have an opportunity, then do. And um, that episode will be coming in at some stage in the future. So make sure you are subscribed to get all of our episodes as they drop every Thursday and occasional bonus ones in between as well. Um, So Queen and Philip are having their vaccinations. Vaccinations are gradually, or well not gradually, but relatively rapidly actually getting rolled out all over the all over the show here. Um, but we are still in lockdown, all the schools are shut, all the exams are cancelled, all the garden parties are cancelled, as we talked about last week. Um, but people have started talking about whether the Queen's birthday parade and trooping the colour might happen in some stage at some stage and talk about um Harry and Meghan having been invited to join it. As well, do you think is Trooping going to happen? Like, what's the what's the word on the street? Are they planning for it as if it is going to happen?
1: Well, think? yes. No, I imagine they are planning for it, uh, maybe kind of quite loosely, because all the garden parties have been cancelled, and that stands the reason because you've got an awful lot of other businesses involved that you need to make decisions for, like caterers and lots of people that are uh, involved in the planning and whatnot. Um, I mean, I can't see that trooping is going to happen because you, when you, I mean, in, in in its former formats, let's say, because there are 1,400 soldiers, 400 band players, you've got another couple of hundred people, um, a part of the event. Then you've got the big balcony scene, that definitely won't be happening. Um, and then you've got, you know, huge, huge crowds flock to London for trooping. It's a massive, massive event. Um, And so there's no, I I just cannot see, I don't like to be an ACA, I'm really being quite, trying to be really positive um, about events and when we're going to be able to get out and about and maybe some tours later on in the year, but you're not going to have big events like that unless everybody has been vaccinated. And that is not going to happen until September, let's say. So, I would hedge my bets and say it. Even if it is in London, it is going to be a lot smaller. Perhaps like the sort of um, event that we saw last year. Now, isn't it um, in Windsor with just the Queen and a couple of dozen of the soldiers, um, which was which was quite kind of lovely. It was a beautiful day in Windsor. looked great. Uh, we got to see it in Windsor Castle and um, and it kept up the tradition of something happening but um, I, I just I just cannot see it happening I just cannot see any major major event happening for you know till way into the back, back end of the summer maybe even the autumn
0: I think being able to do it at Windsor it's a much more kind of a protected space even if you were doing it in you know the front yard of Buckingham Palace so that you've got the massive gates and people will be able to gather and look through it If it's in if it's in the centre of town all of those places are open and even if you kind of shut off half the center i mean you're not going to shut off half the center of london just so that they can have a, a mini treatment no, no, even if you no, the no,
1: no i mean maybe maybe it's a good bet that it will happen in windsor again um but the, the palace are saying that they are hopeful So we're all hopeful i'm really hopeful of being able to see friends and family as soon as possible everyone's dying to do it aren't they but um hopeful of perhaps doing you know, a tour later on in the year that would just be absolutely wonderful. But um, it's it, things are not going to be back to normal until people have been vaccinated, and certainly there won't be any sort of balcony moment. And maybe William and Harry, sorry, um, Harry and Meghan will will be invited back uh, to London to attend. No doubt they will be because Harry and Meghan. Let's not forget it, they have a, quite a packed schedule. We've got um, Harry has got his Invictus Games in May in the Hague, which was, you know, again hangs in the balance of whether that would uh, be happening being able to go ahead in it's in its format which would be a huge huge shame to have cancelled it a second time then you've got um quite obviously trooping then you've a couple of days later you've got um prince philip's 100th birthday which is we've spoken before that they're going to be plans for a mini public celebration private celebrations uh, certainly there's a photography exhibition that was supposed to be taking place later in the summer, and then you've got um, the unveiling of Princess Diana's statue on the 1st of July in the uh, sunken garden of Kensington Palace. Now, I think that's probably the most likely of all of those things to take place because that could be very, very um, stage managed. You could have it with, with a small rotor to be able to capture the uh, the moments with photographer and a, a reporter and a TV crew. And, um, and it could all be, it could, it, it could you know be v- v- managed quite easily. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm depressing myself a little bit. We need, some, we need some. We need some things to look forward to. I'm
0: presuming. I mean, I I feel like the Princess Diana statue situation. Even if it could be done, if Harry couldn't get back for it, I don't. Yeah. Feel, I don't think they'd do it until he could get back for it. Well,
1: Is that's that fair? It, the, the, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the restrictions in the states are very very strict at the moment. You you must not travel for anything less than essential business. And I don't think Harry and Meghan would open themselves up to criticism. Now, if the, the thing is they could come back here in the summer to, to meet up with some of their, um, their patronages, like patronages, patronages. Um, so like uh, Meghan with the National Theatre and the Mayhew, uh, Harry's still got all his, um, his patronages. He might wish to uh, meet up with some of his uh, military buddies in a, in a work capacity. Um, So, I mean, that could be classed as essential business because they haven't been here for so long. I don't know. The rules are changing all the time, aren't they? So I'm sure given half a chance, if it was within the rules, Harry and Meghan will make an effort to get back to the UK as soon as they can. But it's not going to be any time soon, is it? It's not going to be before summer.
0: No, um, what I do want to address is there are some so there are some people on the internet, some of our listeners as well, not a huge number, who say, you know, why are you still talking about Meghan and Harry? They've left the royal family. There's, my, there's can we be done with them on the podcast? So many more important royal things to talk about. said like one person this week, but um, I'm going to say we will continue to talk about Harry and Meghan because. You know, they they are part of the family. They may not be working royals, but they are part of the family, and what they do impacts on on the rest of the royals. And they are they're they are part of that. Um, they're part of that setup, and what how they fashion, you know, the question of leaving the royal family and how they fas- fashion a new life for themselves is a fascinating one. I don't think we, can, we wouldn't be able to not talk about
1: it. No, and, and look, what we just we've we've just outlined all these events that they are expected to be at. I mean that and that is all completely intertwined within the family. And still they haven't necessarily decided what they will do come March the 31st with their um with their deal that was put set in place with the 12 month review. So perhaps they will become more Clarity about whether it's extended or whether they cut their losses and and start handing over, you know, their their uh, patronages, or Harry just completely um, walks away from his military appointments. I can't ever see that being the case. Of certainly, he he wouldn't want to do that, um, and 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 certainly they they will want to be back in the UK for for those events that I've just mentioned. So um, until they completely have nothing to do with the family, we will still be talking about them. Because it's it's interesting as well.
0: It is interesting. Um, And then some feedback on a conversation we were having last week about privacy, or privacy, depending on how you like to say it. Jenny D says, it looks like a lot of you are confused as to what what the word privacy means. The Cambridges have asked for privacy before, and they still show their kids a lot, especially last year. Katrina Rose says, your conversation about privacy had a she-was-asking-for-it vibes. which definitely I don't want to be giving that impression because that is not okay. Um, Aubrey Wright, the conversation about the question of privacy in the Sussexes' lives, it boils down to consent. Privacy does not mean wholly secret forever. I think they are saying we want to choose when and how and how much info slash access the public gets to our son, which is perfectly reasonable. Of course, there will be people who criticise their choices, but there will always be people who criticise whatever choice they make. This is the best way they can have control and therefore consent over their son's privacy. So I'm going to take this one first before Russell can add a little bit if he wants to. And I guess the first thing I was going to say about um, the royal family and the children is that there is kind of now, and there is an established etiquette that the children do have do have privacy within the royal family that, you know, there aren't photographers camped outside the school when they're going to school and all that kind of thing. There are are set piece moments because the royals recognise the value of sort of seeing and being seen. And these children are part of, they are the future of the royal family. Certainly the, you know, the little Cambridges are, George will be king one day, and will have his sister and his and his brother as, as supporters alongside him. You would hope to sort of help him with that massive job. Um, so there is there is a I don't know. It's not. It's not. I don't feel like if Harry and Meghan had continued as royals, that Archie would have had any less privacy than he has had now. Yes. By, them, by, yeah, by them going away
1: absolutely i totally agree it's not the you know it's not the wild west of what it once was and certainly um there's there's so much more management now just generally with the royals let alone with the children there's certainly an agreement to to really respect the children's upbringing and to respect their right to privacy and i don't ever uh, really think that that has cause to be complained about i know that there was um uh, on occasion, that the, the palace have raised with um, with certain news news organisations if, if a freelance photographer who's not attached to any of the the major new, news organisations has been around Kensington Palace or around Sandringham. Um, but certainly, that none of the major news organisations or broadcasters was acting that way. And I totally agree. I think that they would have had um, you know that, that 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 whole concept of pri- the privacy that they were so staunchly fighting I, d- I just felt it was a bit of a weird one because they they, they would have had it and again we just sort of hark back to the big deal about the uh, the godparents and they made such a, a big issue about it um I didn't I didn't personally think it was a a, a big deal so um, it was a, it was a strange hill to to die on perhaps
0: and I think it's also that thing of there is it feels there are established sort of social mores if you like around the privacy of royal children. But when you take yourself out of royal life and put yourself into the world of celebrity, then it's a, it's a different question. And you know, they're working out what their what their future life is and how it works and all and that kind of thing. And, and that's very much up to them. And different parents have different attitudes. I mean, Serena Williams shared the most adorable picture of her little girl playing tennis the other day. You know, that's how her her daughter is part of her, her public. Social media and and is part of her kind of life, and that she wants to she wants to share it. So you know, yes, it should be everybody. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, how they do it, that. That, that? The question comes in if is when you're involving the child in commercial enterprises. I think is probably where it it possibly gets more complicated. Although equally, Archwell, is it commercial or is it sort of humanitarian? We're still kind of waiting to find out. There's, Archwell there's, is, there's different wings of it. I mean, all the the podcast it has a bigger money deal I mean, than we have. It's let's both.
1: It it's ourselves. both because they they, they definitely have. Um, a financial arm of, of it. The, the, you know, Spotify is is Archwell Audio, and certainly, of course, they it does have a, a charitable um, presence. Um, arguably, the, the the charitable aspect of it is will be larger than any of the financial obligations. But the fact that Archwell Audio is, or you know, Archwell Audio is on Spotify, and they've been paid yeah 30 million pounds to um to do that we understand um is 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 a is an issue i think and then the fact that then archie is on the back of it on their pilot episode or first episode to then market it and then everybody's talking about the fact that archie's got a british or american accent and then that fills column inches or everybody's talking about that on social media that is publicizing their brand and their new venture so i think it's um you know it's it's up for debate isn't it I, I i think it's a tricky one for them
0: we'll see it'll be an interesting line to see how they to see how they walk it over the coming um months and years um and it sounds like they're not going back on social media either sort of privately or um in a in a public fashion <laughs>
1: Yes, well, this is an interesting story as well, which emerged at the weekend. That uh, you know, obviously Harry and Meghan have, have been quite vocal over the last year, haven't they? Talking about the toxicity and how social media is sort of a hate-filled space. And listen, social media does obviously have its pitfalls. We've spoken at length about the um, the the pit, the, the actual sickening aspects of it, and how people can be targeted. And certainly, there is a, an awful lot that's been said. Since Meghan joined the royal family, how the two women were pitted together about sort of uh, language that was used by certain supporters of each camp, um, and a lot of it has been, you know, worse and unsavoury. It's been downright disgusting. Um, however...
0: And there were the ra- a lot of racist commentary as well. Oh, of course. The Listen, palace, this is absolutely and-
1: abhorrent. And the fact that uh, because of the Crown, uh, Clarence House had to turn off comments on their own social media because it was being directed Camilla. Uh, it's this, this is disgusting, right? And, but we mustn't forget that then Harry and Meghan, did use social media to their advantage. They had the, the you know record-breaking um, Instagram page that was the first to a million before Sir David Attenborough took over. They reached eleven and a half million Rupert followers. Rupert Prince beat
0: in, uh, Sir David Attenborough now. Oh, has he?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, is this recently? Yeah,
0: recently. Has he just recently.
1: joined Instagram? Only recently, yes. Yeah. Oh my word. Um, so I mean, listen, they, they, they did an awful lot of good, and it was a it was a really cool platform to 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 share that what they were up to. Also, they they made a big fuss about only sharing good news, didn't they? They followed the good mm. news movement. They were then only following certain uh, charities or altruistic organisations. And that was a really good platform um, scheme as well. They did it in a really, really smart way. Exactly. And then they were kind of like the first to do it, as far as I'm aware. So why couldn't they have done something like that? Now, I think this is to do with their big money deals. They've signed a massive deal with Netflix. They've signed a big... Deal with Spotify, and they have their own website as well. So this, in my opinion, is is trying to drive content to their website. It's keeping the exclusive content on the uh, on Netflix, on Spotify. They want to safeguard it in their own way. And I don't, I don't think you can just say that you know social media is one of the evils of the world because it isn't. People look at look at how people have connected throughout lock, these countless lockdowns. It has been a lifesaver for for some people. Um, and I'm I so to disagree I think with... They could, fine, that's okay. I mean, th- I, th- gonna... I just think they could have used it in a better way.
0: Yeah, so I think I think it's particularly sad because Meghan definitely, you know, pre-Harry, the TIG, her blog, and the, the social, the Instagram account that went alongside it, they were, you know, they were big, they were successful, there were lots of people engaged with them, but obviously her role and her, you know, she came to a wider audience perception of her some people were massive fans some people were not some people were downright awful to her so i can understand that that has changed her opinion about social media but for someone who had had quite a you know a real close connection with it previously it's a bit of a shame that she can't use it in that way that she used to anymore but also i'm going to disagree with you on the kind of the exclusivity um, I, but I guess that is the kind of the twin thing it's the exclusivity versus the marketing. And I would always, I think, prefer to have, if you're a person with a platform to market your brand, I mean, we, we've got an Instagram account for the, for the we podcast, do. to be able to market it and to engage with other people who might not have heard of it before. So it's, it is all about driving it inward or having, you know, different voices in different places or slightly different, um, you know, using these different platforms for different purposes and i think that the um uh yeah i think i think they will miss out on driving a lot yeah. to, to. i'm surprised
1: content. i'm really surprised because i just thought you know you could have launched archwell and it could have been you know a whole new different space and they could just just turn off the comments just you know just use it as a vehicle to publicize your uh, your own endeavors um Listen, it could all change, couldn't it? Because reading between the lines, the spokesman's comments, or whoever the source was, their, uh, their, I think it was their, 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 their spokesman in, uh, in the UK. I mean, it, it's it, they were saying they have no plans. So having no plans, and then it, yeah, maybe one day it will come to fruition. It, it would seem a bizarre tact to take if they don't do, it, if they don't capitalize on their popularity. But maybe they just want to drive, you know, their own content in their own way. So
0: we will see. We will see. We will see. Um, big project this week, the big royal project. Bit rude that we've left it till last. Poor Prince Charles. We've saved um, the best till last. Save the think. best till last. Keep you listening to the end. So um, his big deal. I mean, we've talked a lot in the past about his uh, involvement with the environment. Uh, we had Prince William launching the Earthshot Prize last year. And now we've got Terra Carta, a seven and a half billion pounds environment project from Prince Charles. How are, the two, how are the two different?
1: Okay. So, I mean, I had to sift through thousands and thousands of words uh, to do with this Terra Carta because I, unfortunately, I think it is so, it's, it's, it's so complex that perhaps I can understand it, but it's perhaps unnecessarily complex. Because when you boil it down, it's a really simple idea. But obviously, when you're working on something that is of huge, so, such huge magnitude, it does probably get quite complex. And the notion of it is there's two there's two separate things. So I'm going to really try and quick fire explain them really simply. The terra carta, which is Based on the Magna Carta, and it is Latin for Earth Charter. Has is is essentially a roadmap to try and get big business, the world's biggest global corporations, to sign up to be more sustainable. And uh, it's based upon sort of the the ethos of the Magna Carta, that was a, a bill of rights and taught people, um, you know, ethics. And this is trying to change big business to save the planet and to make it all uh, a lot more habitable for all of us and it's based upon really the paris climate agreement and in 2015-16 that then uh created this uh this aug- this uh, agreement for governments to say we will act um on the same level to try and fight climate change and if we can get big business to try and do that as well we will be fighting the battle of the climate emergency child believes and he's trying to show these big corporations that you can ma- still make money whilst being sustainable and part of that is to try and set up an investment vehicle to raise 10 billion dollars this year with companies like uh, hsbc and astrazeneca and investment um companies to say we will raise this 10 billion but it will only be ploughed into sustainable and environmentally friendly projects, so like reforestation, biodiversity, to uh, saving the oceans and stuff like that, but you will get a return if you put your money into this rather than to put it into uh, fossil fuels or whatnot. So two massive, massive projects and they are huge and I think the, the Terra Carta is uh, over the next 10 years trying to get big businesses to sign up and I think you know, for 50 years of campaigning, this has been billed to me as Charles's most ambitious project to date. And that's quite a claim because he's, you know, he's been speaking about this for an awful, awful long time. So we wish him well. When you actually look at the detail of it, it's very, very complex, but they have some really, really big, uh, huge companies backing it. And I think they're going to raise this 10 billion. And, they're gonna change the conversation. They're gonna change the way that big business can operate because if they can still make money in this way, then it, um, it can change, it, change the planet.
0: And hopefully we can hear a little clip now from Prince Charles's speech, launching it about just why it matters.
1: There is life after apparent death from the current conventional approach. We've got to come together as a world on this. I feel very strongly that we have to develop an approach which by putting nature at the center of the whole process, what profit we make, we have to also make a profit for nature by putting something back. So my, and your children and grandchildren can have some kind of reasonable future. At the moment, we are literally compromising it. We can't go on, you know, now with all the ice cap melting completely. I mean, this is terrifying to me. It always has been.
0: So all about the environment then for for Prince Charles and Prince William. Yeah, I mean... I mean th- they're kind th- of operating in separate spaces. One's very much sort of Business and one's a bit more sort of science and invention. It feels a bit more start y somehow. Williams one.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, Williams' concept of Earthshot is to try and come up with the you know the uh, the the, the moonshot ideas. That's why it's called Earthshot. To try and come up with these bold and brave ideas to change the world and to try and change it for the better for you know potentially marginalised communities in Africa or uh, you know really built up urban uh, populations in the, in the Far East or in in, in Europe and to try and come up with just a way, a new way of thinking. Whereas Charles's is quite like that, but it's to, to, it, the concept is to formulate those two worlds, to bring them together with the environmental aspect and big business by merging those. I mean, he he actually thinks that if you intertwine those two concepts then you will be able to fight climate change and, and really make a dent in the climate emergency which is which is very very bold but um it's this concept of natural capital there was a lot of lofty words all contained within the terra carta, but natural capital is basically putting your money into sustainable projects And if you can get people to do that then you will uh, then you'll be well on your way so
0: good luck to them and I Russell when you go and make your 27th cup of tea later today I hope you've got like an eco-friendly kettle or make a big flask I don't know what the better option is probably make a flask Ooh. or a teapot right? That's rather than keep boiling actually, the kettle
1: yeah. Well you know maybe and I need to sort of evaluate how I'm living my life as well I remember speaking to Arthur Edwards a legendary sun photographer who bought an electric car because of Charles told him the, the benefits of them and then he, he switched to electric. So maybe that's, uh, oh, maybe that's what fu- I need to do. The I'll future is up.
0: coming. The future yeah. is coming. So listeners, I think we are done for this week. We will be back again very soon. In the meantime, you can find us on the aforementioned Instagram, at Podsave, also on Twitter on the same at handle, pod save. um, And we will be back here again next week to catch up on whatever else the Royals have been up to and launching and talking about in the meantime, or perhaps with a special guest, who knows? Thank you ever so much once again for joining us. Stay safe, stay well, and until next time. Pod
1: save the Queen!